0: Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. Jesus. Lord, I thank you that there's so much power in your name. And even as we're singing it now, I thank you that you've been ministering to hearts and lives. I just want to encourage you, it doesn't matter how you've come in, whether it's been a rough week, no matter what's been going on in your world, God wants to do something very special and just unique for you this morning. He loves you that much. He can do that. Maybe he's already starting to do it in the worship. So Lord, as we come to your word, I pray that we just bring lives that are moldable, lives that are rearrangeable lives that are open to say not my way and my will but Lord your will be done this morning and everyone with faith said amen amen, amen. great to be with you grab a seat welcome welcome we extend a welcome thank you Tom for communion and, and it's great to be here being said my name's Brad and it's great to be one of the pastors here and just serving and uh, coming towards the end of January people are coming back from holidays and uh, people also been uh, our guests here visiting and uh, I don't know if Tom did say but there's guest, guest cards out there you can feel out. Like we've actually been getting a few of the cards that people feel like connect cards where we get your email and we'd love you to c- connect with you you can uh, find out it's a very easy way really to find out what's going on in the life of the church because all you got to do is give us your email address and you'll get the weekly uh, emails that go out and tell you what's happening and it's a great way just to, to find out and know and there is lots happening isn't there uh, just through the announcements, <laughs> lots happening, lots of good stuff happening, and lots of things to, to really um, get excited about. I mean, baptisms, and, and just want to say that on that day, the 30th, having that family picnic, I think it's just a great opportunity if you're coming and been checking the church yet, checking Kalamundra out, great idea to come and have a family picnic at the beach and uh, get to know people, and just come early and celebrate the baptisms, and that's going to be fantastic. So, I reckon, uh, who's excited about that? I'm excited about baptism, <laughs> young people, and... Um, and tonight too, as been said, launching the young adult uh, night service. I think that's exciting. I mean, uh, welcome to everyone, but I have been told there will be, it will be young adult focus. So if you're not expecting lights and music and smoke, is there smoke? Yeah. There is smoke. Okay, We just clarified that. There is no smoking in the building, but there will be smoke. And uh, the glory of the Lord. And anyway, so the, but I think that's fantastic. We want to see a church where young people find their place and space. And to, to really feel a part of God. But you know what? We want to see a church is not only that, that sees every generation find their place and space. And so this year, as we start looking and talking of things like connect groups or life groups, whatever you want to call them, or just my heart and our heart as, uh, as elders is to just really see the community flourish. And that means making community a real priority, Yeah. Making that, especially with the unknowns, and I'm going to speak a little bit about that this morning, going forward. There's so many unknowns about this year, so many question marks, but I'm actually excited. Because this is, an, you know, someone once said, I think it was Albert Einstein, he said, In the midst of every crisis lies great opportunity. And I'm not saying it's a crisis, but it is for some people and things seem like a crisis like that. But you know, there's great opportunity this year that we haven't even seen yet. I don't even know what it is, but I know that if I haven't got eyes to see, I will miss it. And so we need to have eyes to see opportunities this year. I missed a lot of things that we don't know. Uh, Before I get into the sermon this morning, you you would know that um, early on we've been uh, looking at Tim Phipps, our wonderful youth pastor, is looking this year to transition out of his role. And so we advertised uh, pretty much as soon as I got here when we started in November and December, we advertised for a youth coordinator uh, to come on board and we took applications for that uh, with the idea for a youth coordinator to come and train and learn under Tim. And uh, it's not going to change the budget as such as Tim's rearranging his days and the youth coordinator will take a day and we're we're working together with how that's going to work. So we advertised for a youth coordinator who then... The idea would be to review that and transition to a youth pastor as Tim transitions into whatever God's got next in that space, which he shared with us a little while ago. And so we had applications. We did, I did some interviews, reference checking and things like that. So I just want to announce this morning and congratulate James Phipps is going to be our youth coordinator. So, and we wanted to do a good process where there was applications, where there was interviews, um, and that all took place. And we moved quickly on it, but um, it was really good to go through that. And it's a great discipleship process, especially for us, for young people to go through interviews and, and submit resumes. And so, James, congratulations. We're really looking forward to uh, what God's going to do in and through that space as you learn and grow uh, under Tim's leadership and my leadership. In fact, just on that, I'm really excited this year about, about, about Fridays. Who likes Fridays? TGF. I like, you know, we love Fridays But uh, this East Friday is going to be great around the the life of the church with having having Tim still in the youth pastor role, still nurturing James as the youth coordinator, and then having some interns, which is at least two at the moment, we believe. Yeah, and maybe grow, so at least two. And I'm going to be here, and we're going to be doing some leadership and training. And then they've got youth on Friday night. So Friday is going to be a great day. I reckon there's going to be a buzz around the place. Um, So just a bit of housekeeping there in terms of things that are happening in the life of the church. It's good if the church is alive. Really good. And uh, one thing that keeps a church alive, as Tim shared on last week, uh, is some of our values, really knowing who we are and what we value, really what we value. And so um, that's the series this month we're just looking at. Really what drew me to the role here was some of the things on the website, and when you advertise for a senior pastor, this was right there at the forefront, who we are, and it really drew me, because it drew my heart, and I felt like there was a a chemistry and a spiritual fit there, and and Tim spoke last week, how we are more than a Sunday, and thank you Tim, great sermon, I wish I could listen to the podcast, I was away guest speaking, but the podcast didn't get up, but we'll get that, Tim Tim can preach in my office this week and give me another rundown. (laughs) Uh, But great feedback, so great stuff. And that's such a core value. And this next one this week is kind of similar, and it's all about how we are an outward-focused church. And if you read on our website, it says this, we are outward-focused, we are more than our weekend services, we will make disciples, develop leaders, plant churches, and contribute to the blessing of the broader body of Christ and our local community. There's a lot in that, isn't there? And there's a lot to aspire to, a lot of dream, a lot of vision, a lot of, a lot of things of that we'd love to see in who we are. But, but it all starts, you don't make a disciple, by the way, without first being an outward focused Christian, an outward focused believer. I don't know if anyone's been to Israel and has been to the Dead Sea, but the Dead Sea is interesting that in the Dead Sea, there is no fish, no plant life. I wonder why it's called the Dead Sea. There's nothing can live in the Dead Sea. Did you know why nothing can live in that really salty Dead Sea? The reason why is because the Dead Sea only receives water coming in. It only has inlets. It does not have any outlets. Therefore, it is dead. And I want to tell you this morning, dead churches are inward-focused churches. Dead churches are churches that say it's all about three people, and it's not father son holy spirit it's me myself and i dead churches are churches that are say i'm here to to consume not to contribute dead churches are all about what's coming in and if I don't get what I need, that's what that, if we live Christian lives like that, we will be like the Dead Sea. But I'm here to encourage us this morning. One of our values at Kalamunda Church is that we are outward focused. That what comes in needs to go out. That we're not going to get spiritually obese on knowledge, but rather we want to use what God's given us to flow out and be outward focused people. People that have, you're going to see, eyes to see a heart to feel, and hands to respond to the world around us. We're not going to be a dead sea, amen? That's why Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples. We will make disciples. Well, the first thing about making a disciple, he says, is to go into all the world. Don't advertise. We've got the discipleship-making program. Rock up at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning. No, that's not going to work for the world out there. But what is going to work? is a group of people, a gathering of people that say, actually, we're going out into the world to make disciples. And it all starts with an outward focus, which takes us to our text this morning. If you've got your apps, your Bible, your sword of the Spirit, the living Word of God, Acts chapter 3. And I love this portion of Scripture. Acts chapter 3. We're going to walk through a little bit of uh, this portion of Scripture because it paints a picture of outward-focused believers. Are you with me? Yeah. Acts chapter 3. The good thing, if you're looking for the Acts in the Bible, the New Testament is Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And who knows, they are the Gospels. And then we have Acts. And I love to think that that's because if you really get the Gospel, there should be action. <laughs> acts in your life. If you read them Gospels and it, and it, and it changes you, there's some Acts in your life. There's, these are the Acts in the Bible. I love it. So let's, let's, let's read the Scripture Uh, So here we are, the church has been born, the day of Pentecost in chapter 2, the church is alive and the church we're going to see is alive because it is outward focused, outward focused. Here's what it says, now Peter and John went up together to church, to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate ...of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms for those who entered the temple. Verse 3, who, this guy, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. Verse 4, and fixing his eyes on him, catch this, with John, Peter said, fixed his eyes on him, said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter broke his heart and said... Silver and gold I do not have. Then he fixed his heart. But what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. What a moment, hey? Just in the foyer, getting to church. Just on his way into the temple. I love that. And uh, it says in verse 7, And he took him by the right hand. Hadn't been healed yet, by the way. He just spoke something. Took him by the right hand and lifted him. And then immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So what do you do? He didn't just go. Oh, that, that was good. He said, "So he leaping up, stood up and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God." Can anybody sing that old song? Walking and leaping and praise. Some people in here are old enough to know it. Good. Sunday school. I remember that one, walking and leaping. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. All the young people are like, what are they talking about? Uh, They saw this. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging. Arms. Isn't that interesting? Like they, they had to take a second look. Is that the same guy? Don't you love it when people have to have a second look on lives that have been touched by Jesus? Is that the same person? Is that the same bloke? Is that the same mum? Is that the same person? And they see him and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. I love this because this, this scripture paints a picture to me of what being an outward church is all about. Now, the first thing we've got to, you've got to know, and if, you, if you're sort of new to the whole church words and things like that, that, the church is not a building. The church is not a service. The key here is the church is not something you go to. The church is something you be. It's being the church that changes the world, not going to church that changes the world. And so I love that thought that they were the, the ch- word church in the Bible. It's actually the word called out ones, people that are called out, called out of sin and darkness, called out of a life without God, called into life with God. And, and it's, a, it's basically to be the church is a conviction that it's more important about what happens when I walk out the doors than what's happening in the doors. I want to tell you today, and I'll probably say it a few times in my ministry time, is that the greatest sermon that will ever come from Kalamunda Church will never be from a microphone. The greatest sermon will come from lives that have been transformed, that walk out and say, as for me in my house, we're serving the Lord, that actually live what they believe. That's the sermon that your workplace needs to hear. That's the sermon your family needs to see. That's the sermon that the world is crying out for. So I hope we get some good sermons. I really do. But it's not going to be the greatest. The greatest is going to be when we set up. I reckon I've just got just visioning. We set up a little email to the church. Testimonies of Calamunda. What God's doing in your heart. Type in your testimony. Type in your God story. Type in your. And we come to the temple to celebrate what's happening in church out there. I love that thought. Being the church. And uh, it's the real sermon we need to hear. And, and it will be really easy if it was just all talk and Brad saying, yeah, it's great, but it's more to it, isn't there? So let's go through a few points. Number one, to really be outward focused in the, in the first scripture is to focus on what happens on the way. Verse 1, John and Peter were on their way. They were going up to the temple. It, it's a deliberate focus to be all about what is happening on your way. You've been on your way here. All week. You've been on your way to church from Monday to Saturday. Maybe on your way you were on holidays. Maybe on your way you were at work. Maybe on your way you were whatever you were doing. But you've been on your way and we live life on the way. So for example, when Jesus, in Luke chapter 8, we won't go there. You can leave it there, thanks. In Luke chapter 8, Jesus gets asked by a guy called Jairus Jarius, to come and heal his daughter. Kind of an important request, yeah? Jesus says, yes, I will come. And he is on his way to heal Jairus' daughter. If I was the dad, if I had a sick kid and I was praying to Jesus, I'd be like, thank you, he's answering my prayer. Here comes Jesus. Did you know the Bible says in Luke 8 that while he's on his way, another woman with an issue of blood, a blood issue, had been suffering for years and years, comes up and grabs the hem of his garment And healing power goes out from Jesus, and she is healed while he's on his way. And he stops and he stops to take time for this. And and, um, when you read it in Luke chapter 8, when it says, As Jesus was on his way, I just love the thought that Jesus was available for interruptions. He was of sometimes your interruption is your God assignment. But we could get, Jesus was like, and I was Jairus. So I was like, come on, look, yes, yeah, she might need some help. But you said to me first, come on, let's not stop. But Jesus, in tune with the Holy Spirit inside of him, with him and in him, and led by the Holy Spirit, another sermon, fully man, fully God, filled with the Spirit, sinless, anyway. And he, he was able to go, you know what, I'm going to stop. And there are certain things that will cause Jesus to stop, like faith will cause him to stop and and come to your situation. His love will cause you to stop. But but I love that thought that he was on his way. I remember we were driving to Mucka to to see some family and friends not that long ago, do something anyway. I don't know about you, but when I'm driving somewhere, I want to get there. Like when I walk in, I'm a a fast walker. I don't know if we have got any fast walkers out there. And I just like to go. And uh, I don't know if I've sort of apologised if you've heard this story before, but it's, I, I just remember as we are going, we had to stop for this thing the kids always need to do, which is go to the toilet. And so we're stopping to go to the toilet, and I suddenly saw a car pull up in a town that don't know anybody, and I knew the car. And two thoughts crossed my mind. Oh, this could be an interruption. We're going to get stuck talking. I'm going to be late. I don't want to get going. Or, you know, you start thinking about your schedule, your schedule. And then Sky being almost an angel, she gets out and she greets the person and she starts a conversation. And then I thought, right, we're definitely not getting out of here now. <laughs> and I felt the Holy Spirit prompt me. Now, there's many bad stories. This is a good one. I felt the Holy Spirit prompt me, stop being so focused on your schedule, your agenda. You know, you didn't, now you're thinking how fast you're going to drive. to Anyway, all that. So I get out and this was a person that we knew, not a great close, close friend, but someone we knew. And they were going through a really hard time and just started to weep and and I just thought, you know, man, we need to be here for this person now. Just there was a moment there. And I thought, I said, you know, we'll be praying for you. And as soon as I said that, in my heart, the Holy Spirit goes, no, you won't. You'll be doing it now. And I thought, yeah, why do we talk about this stuff? Come on, I'm on my way, but this is where ministry happens, on the way. So I said, in fact, can we pray for you now? And she just loved that and going through a death in the family and things. We're able to, you know, and and I love that thought that we need to be focused about what happens on the way. So you don't just go to Coles and Woolworths to get shopping. You go there on assignment from heaven from, from Jesus. You don't just go somewhere. You are eyes to see. Give me eyes to see what's happening on the way. You don't just go to work. You go on assignment from heaven to build the kingdom of God. Amen? It's really an outward-focused church sees what's happening on the way. A missionary, as I've said before, is not someone who crosses the sea. It's someone who's seen the cross and just walks across the street. It's someone that's willing just to take on their assignment from God every single day. There was a a story in the Bible uh, where there was a woman, there was a well, uh, there was Jesus. Remember that one? Woman at the well. And there was this conversation about worship. And she's like, you know, the Jews say we worship in Jerusalem. And Jesus goes, no, no, no. A time is coming when you will neither worship on this mountain or that mountain. What is he saying? Jesus is saying worship is not a geographical experience. And he says, God is looking for worshipers who will worship in spirit and truth. What he's saying is God is looking for people that worship. It's it's in spirit. Your spirit connecting with God. That all of your life is worship. And so every time you see something on the way, and you see a need, and you see a, a, a somebody that needs love, uh, like P- um, Peter and John, they saw this cripple, they saw him on their way to the temple, but they didn't let the temple, they didn't let ministry get in the way of ministry. And that's a real important lesson for people in ministry, as we all are in full-time ministry. Number two, it says this, Uh, not only is it being outward focused is what happens on your way this week and let me encourage you what has happened on your way if you're like me sometimes you look back and go wow i think i missed some divine moments and that's okay don't feel condemned feel excited that man god wants to give me eyes to see but if you're looking at ourself i'll just throw this one in here when we look at ourself and our own insecurities and our own stuff we can't see that is why every morning you need to put on the breastplate of righteousness. Because when you put on that, that actually is a heart protector in the Greek heart protector. Protect, you know, your feelings will go up and down. I don't feel righteous today. I could never pray for someone because I'm not a pastor. Like, he's a pastor, he, he's done Bible college. I couldn't actually do ministry. I want to tell you, you put on the breastplate of righteousness, you are right with God right now. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter how, what you're struggling with, no matter what the stronghold looks like, you are right with God, not because anything you've done, all of He's done. And I tell you what, when we really grab that in our heart, we will minister out of that to other people. Because ministry is not about me. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. So verse 2, though, were on their way and this crippled man's there. And I want to say this about another thing about being outward focused. Number two is that it is all about being more relational than religious. See, many people passed this man, passed by many and maybe for a long time, maybe even prior to this, by by, by Jesus. Who knows how long he had been there. But something happened this day where Peter and John would connect with him on a relational level. See, God's not so impressed that people get to church, not so impressed that they got to the temple. God was looking at their hearts for people on the way. There's an interesting thing in verse 4, it says that, they fixed his eyes on him Peter fixed his eyes interesting and and, he, and said look at us there was a, a relational connection with the man and and in other parts I know Peter was able to almost perceive someone's faith like he looking at him he's like is this a God moment he fixed his eyes and I reckon personally believe that he was perceiving where this man was at that this man's faith was was, was going to be alive was going to be strong enough to to, re, to reach out to, to see this God encounter happen, but, but he just relationally connected with him in a personal way where everyone else is just going past. And you know, when you're outward focused, people aren't just, uh, uh, aren't just people. They're not just someone that serves at the shop. They're not just someone that, feel, you know, that, that takes your money. But people are precious. And people, relationships are precious. And we love people. This is what 1 John four nineteen says. It says, we love because he first loved us. And then it says this, if anyone says, I love God, but hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. Strong language, verse 21 in 1 John 4 says this, and we have this commandment from him. Catch this, whoever loves God must love his brother as well. And it's because, right from the start, we love because he first loved us. You don't need to work up love for people when you're outward focused. You don't need to pray, Lord, give me love for people. Help me to be outward focused if you first receive his love. So maybe the revelational question here is, am I known that I am loved? Do I know I'm loved by God? Does that fill my life so much that I know like he's got a picture of me on his fridge He's got me in his wallet that he shows me off, that he loves me that much, that he's for me, not against me. And out of that love, you start to see other people. And you go, man, if God feels like that about dirty old me, how much more does he love this person? And then it comes out. You want to connect with people. You want to be, have relationship with people because they matter to God. Relational people, meeting them. I want to ask you a question. How, how, how outward focused are you in your heart? Charles Spurgeon put it this way. He said, the Prince of Preachers said, have you no wish for others to be saved? Then be sure of this, you're not saved yourself. (laughs) And it's true. And it's not a condemnation, but he's saying, if you don't naturally want other people to come to know Jesus, you're not outward focused and you probably don't know Jesus. So that's great. I hope you like that here this morning because I'd love to introduce you to Jesus. I'd love you to know him and him to change your life and give an outward focus for you. Not inward, that is like the dead sea, but flowing out. Who are the cripples in your life? Peter and John saw this man. Who are the people that God has put in your life that maybe you've been walking past and you don't want to have that relational connection with for whatever reason that be? And God's just putting the finger on that person saying right now, you know, that that person, would you reach back out and maybe forgive that family member I know what happened at Christmas and it wasn't good, but maybe you need to make some reconciliation. Maybe you need to reach out and love that person. You know, there's a person at work and I know they're just so annoying. Did any of the staff just laugh then? Okay. But, but I want you to love that person. I want, you to, I want you to see that person may be crippled. So that person is probably crippled in something you know nothing about. They're going through their stuff. And I just love the thought that if you're healthy and strong in Jesus, it is, it is just our outward focus that says, man, I don't like seeing cripples. I don't like seeing people living beyond their full potential. Are you with me? We're outward focused. And then it says in verse 3 to 4, obviously, he fixed their eyes on them, looked at him, expecting to get something. So this beggar is like, well, I'm going to get something. And there's this expectation. And I really feel when you're an outward focused church, it builds expectation in others. Because they will know, hey, that's the church that does stuff in the community. That's the church that loves the community. We can ask them. There's an expectation. And this this cripple's like, I wonder what's going to happen. And he's built his expectation. And then finally, verse 6 says this, Then Peter said to him, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. And that is my next point is outward focus churches and people. Prioritize, catch me now, prioritize the power of God Above programs, programs are great. No, we love program. Programs are a vehicle for the power of God to move through. We don't worship the program it's Like we're at church, this is a part of our program. But what we're really about is the power of God touching our lives, and that's why we want to make a, a um, an ongoing thing. And uh, that, like Tim last week, invited people for prayer. We want you to know every week. Can't, there is, will be people at the front, and us elders and people, other people that are confident to pray And as we build a prayer team. Come and receive prayer. It's, it's a wonderful thing to say, you know, I want, to, I want this church experience to be something where I don't just go to a program, but I receive power. And that's what Peter and John were saying to this man. You don't just need a program. You need the power of God, and that's actually what we have. We're not going to hold it. We are going to release it. There are so many times that we can think about all the things we don't have. Like you, we're out and about, an opportunity comes and you think, man, I wish I had the worship team right now just to do a little intro song. I <laughs> wish I had Brad just to give me another verse to think about. I wish I had something... But, you know, I want to tell you, if you're a born-again, spirit-filled Christian, you have everything you need. Peter and John said, what I have, I give to you. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead was in them and is in me. That's, that's a lot to have. What I have, I give to you. What did they have? They, had the, they knew that Jesus said, don't just go and pray for healing. But Jesus said, go and heal the sick. They don't just pray, but he, and I believe that Peter perceived this was a moment, this was, there was faith connection, and this is a the time. They didn't pray for him. They healed him by, the, by God's power, not his power, nothing of them, but it worked through them because they were a channel, they were a program that the power could go through, and they healed him in Jesus' name. I love that thought. See, inward focus people talk about the power, know the power, memorize the power, quote the power, preach about the power, but don't release the power. And I know, don't know about you, but when I was a young adult going to church and I was so hungry for more of God. And I remember at times and at times at a certain church I'd go to, I'd just be like sitting there and I'd just be trying to soak in the word of God. And I had all sorts of junk going on in my life. And I just would hear sermons about cripples getting up and hear sermons about the power of God. But when it came to finishing the service, it was like, boom, and off you go. And I would sit there with this emptiness and this hunger. For, what about what we've just talked about? Is it real or not? I need that power in my life. I need that Holy Spirit that you're talking about, but I, I'm not seeing anything happen. We can't just rush off for a coffee. And I'm encouraging you this morning, don't just rush off for a coffee. Don't, don't, don't feel embarrassed about what people think about you. If you want to receive prayer for anything at all, even if you don't even have to tell us what the prayer is, just say, would you just pray? Let the Holy Spirit pray and pray. Lay hands on you and pray for you. Let this be a place where we prioritize power above the programs. Because Jesus said, all authority I have given to you. All authority, heaven and earth. Now go. Be outward focused with your authority. He said in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, but the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll receive power. That word is dunamis, which we get dynamite from. You'll receive blowing up power. What for? To be outward focused to be my witnesses power is not to be inward it's to be outward focused and we all need it amen i need prayer i need prayer so pray for me and thank you thank you it's been wonderful catching up with different families and people And i really appreciate people that say we're praying for you and your family that really i just want to say genuinely means a lot and i'm praying for you too we're praying as a church amen there's nothing more frustrating than when you can't give what you don't have. And that's the principle there. They could not give what they did not have. But I want to tell you, you have something to give from God. Some of us have, well, we all, sorry, have different testimonies and stories. You know you can give that away. You know what you've found victory in? You have something to give. I give what I have. It's a powerful thought. I'm finishing, closing out in another couple of scriptures. Let's go to verse 7, my last sort of point and then the last one just, do hate it when preachers say that? <laughs> so taking him by the right hand, this is what I want you to notice. There's another whole sermon in the scripture, but I'm not going there. To, he took him by the right hand, so he grabbed him. I'm going to give you something. Notice healing happens in various different ways in, in, in the Bible. But this time he reached out his hand and this guy just reaches his hand back, knowing he's not getting money now, but knowing that he's going to receive Jesus of Nazareth. And as he did at that moment, well, what about you? Is that, that's the nervous moment, yeah? It's like when you go to praise for somebody and you're like, what if God doesn't do anything? Well, that's up to God, by the way. So we can just relax and go, well, it's not me anyway. I'm not trusting in me. I'm not praying to, for, for this to happen through me. It's through God. But I will be the vehicle of faith. And Peter did have faith for this. And sometimes you go into play and, you know, you just have a knowing, God, I've got faith for this. Faith that is always built on the Word of God, by the way. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So he grabs him by the hand, helped him up, and instantly, I love that, right at that moment, his feet and ankles became strong. Right at that moment, the area of his life that had a situation that needed strength, boom, that's where God went to. It's like when you take Nura from Plus and you've got some sort of ailment, whether it's a backache or a headache or something, it goes to the spot. That you need it, it's like, oh good, that feel better there. God, God knows how to get to the situations in your life when you have faith and trust in Him and take the medication of the Word of God and pray in faith. And it goes to that spot in your life where you need Him right there. And I wonder if they ever look. I wonder if Peter thought back and thought, man, remember remember what Jesus said, that he, His will was for us to have life and life to the full, John 10.10. 10. And this guy, I just want, here's, the, here's this key point on building bodybuilding peter and john were bodybuilders because they saw this man and they wanted him to be built up this is a real important point by the way to be outward focused is to really be about building people not burning people or or pushing people down it's about seeing others lifted up it's about you don't think more highly of yourself than you ought doesn't mean you don't think lowly of yourself you just think lots of others Put a 10 on everyone's head. You know when you see someone down the street and you're like, I really want to talk to that person. They're a 10 out of 10. You see someone else and you put another figure and cross the street. But God puts a 10 on everyone's head and says, I want to build everyone up. Body building. And and this is really important in this year, 2022, as we're going into this next season of whatever's going to happen with Omicron at the border there like zombies waiting to get over. It's like, will they open? It's like, can I get out? With all the things we don't know, there's so much uncertainty and, you know, stuff's going to happen. But you know what's going to protect us as a, the local church at Kalamunda? It's going to be bodybuilding. <laughs> Good time to get fit. And what I mean by that is protecting the unity that we have here at Kalamunda. See, thing about um, life and even wars, when you go into war, and who knows that we're in a bit of a war, there's a thing called friendly fire. Anyone know if you Remember friendly fire? So basically friendly fire is when someone on your own team turns the gun towards you and shoots you. And suddenly there is this friendly fire. And who knows the church can suffer from friendly fire. Come on, I think I haven't been hurt so much out in the shearing shed by people. I haven't been hurt in other workplaces. But I tell you, get in the church, get ready to get hurt. It's just, we're all human, we, we all are fallen, there is offences, and there's a lot of friendly fire at times, and did you know in war there's a saying called, the fog of war. It's when it gets that confusing and, and that foggy, that friendly fire happens the most. And so in confusion and disunity is where friendly fire breeds the ground for the enemy to bring division. So, so I want to give you something as a church that I think is really helpful for for this season going ahead, when there could be temptations for uh, a fog of war, temptations for different things as we make decisions going forward, and whatever happens, happens with the borders, and all that kind of thing. But this is just good for general knowledge. Um, And the worship team can come back up whenever you're ready and hit the keys whenever. But it's the Churches of Christ motto which says this. And I don't know if you ever knew this, but the Churches of Christ, Western Australia, have a motto. And it's all about protecting unity. It's not on the screen, but this is what it says. Please hear this well. Write it down if you're taking notes. In essentials, unity. In other words, in things that are essential to our faith, like the lordship of Jesus, is an essential. We probably can't be unified in terms of growing the kingdom together arm in arm if you believe Jesus is just a good person or a prophet. The lordship of Jesus is essential for our unity there doesn't mean we can't have other friends and things hear me what i'm talking about as a church essential is that this is the word of god it's the word of god i believe it all through i believe every part even the maps are inspired hey but you know there's essentials that are essential to our faith essential and they're the things catch it that we have unity in and unity is not sameness unity is oneness sameness is an identity thing. Unity is that we can be all different, but we can have oneness. And that was Jesus' prayer I think in John 17 or one of them around that scripture where he said, may they be one as we are one. That's his prayer for you and me. Now it says, in essentials, unity. Then it says, in non-essentials, diversity. So, things like the working of the Holy Spirit. There could be a hundred of many there could be all these different views here this morning the things like uh, roles in the church the things like spiritual leadership there's probably things that are not essential to becoming a christian and we're diverse in that but we still have unity you know why because we should celebrate diversity i love diversity it helps me ask more questions it helps you know, well, where are you coming from? And, and just side note, I spent too much of the early time in my ministry having too many meetings and hours over all the non-essential things that sucked the life out of ministry leaders, sucked the life out of ministry going forward. And we weren't about discipleship, we were all about decisions. And that's not the sort of church I want to be a part of. I want to be about discipleship. And way is that, yes, we've got unity and we are united around the essentials of our faith, but in the non-essentials, and things like political things that aren't essential to our faith, we celebrate diversity and we honour one another. And then it says, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, diversity, in all things, it says, love and grace. In all things, love and grace. And I just want to encourage us in our next season to be, if we're going to stay outward focused, that is a key. That is going to be the song I sing and we sing in this next season, that we are united and we want to keep... There's a fresh feel in Kalamunda. There's a fresh spirit. It's the spirit of Psalms 133 that says, how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in harmony, unity. See, a harmony is a whole lot of different things all being connected to one thing, isn't it? It's all the different instruments, but they're all tuned in to one, but they're all different. They're not unified. They've got oneness, And unity is when we tune in to the one thing. And that's our heart, that we tune in to the one thing. And and, and if our opinions and different ideas, that's okay. It's good. Celebrate it. We're going to be different. And as we make decisions going forward, we're going to trust God to lead us in community. And what is the core of community in that word is unity. Amen? Amen. hope that's okay. There was a guy in Luke chapter 5 who was a paralytic paralyzed. He couldn't get to Jesus. And I love the thought that he had a group of men and they, they all loved him so much that one was actually, a, one was a Baptist. If you really study the Greek down deep, just joking. But one, was, Let's say there were four because they carried him on a mat. They, carried this, they put him up on a roof and they put him through the roof right in front of Jesus. They, their heart was to get him right in front of Jesus. Let's say there were four. Doesn't, I don't know. These men, one was a Baptist. One was a Pentecostal. One was an anti-vaxxer. One was a doctor. And they all thought, you know what? The most important thing right now is that this paralyzed man who can't get to Jesus gets to Jesus. And they work together and they tore some tiles off and they tore some roofs down and they worked hard together to get this man to Jesus. And they were probably all different. I don't know. I've just made that bit up, of course. I made it up. They were all different. But the point of the story is in our differences, let's keep the main thing, the main thing, because that's the main thing. let to keep the main thing, the main thing. And I just love that thought. Last verse, and we close out on this. He jumped to his feet. He began to walk. Then he went to the temple courts, leaping, jumping and praising God. And so as I pray in a moment... That's transformation, eh? Transformation. An outward-focused church, outward-focused people. We're going to see transformation as we keep our eyes. So my prayer for us, I'm going to pray a prayer over us as a church corporately. If you're willing to receive that, I want you to receive the prayer in a moment by faith into your heart that you are agreeing with this. And when I say in agreeing, I mean agreeing your faith with my faith. That yeah, that, that is, And the prayer is simply this, God, give me eyes to see. God, Give me a heart of unity. God, give me hands to respond by the power of the Holy Spirit. That I'll be outward focused. Eyes to see. We cannot cannot transform what we cannot see. God wants to give you eyes to see around you. A heart that is unified, that knows that we're together but we're different. And and hands that respond that I'm going to put my hand to the plough this year. I'm I'm going to be involved. I'm going to be active. I'm not going to be a consumer. I'm going to be a contributor. So if that's you, we can all stand now and pray. But if that's you, I just want you to join your faith and mine and in your heart, be praying this in your heart, any way you want to pray. But Father, I come to you now and I come to you, Lord, humbly to say that it's a, it's a privilege to be one of the leaders in, in this wonderful church. It's an honour, Father. But Lord, it's an honour we don't take lightly. And it's, it's a privilege that we want to see you move through. And Lord, we just know from your word, it's so clear that your heart and your prayer for us is that we would be one. And so, Father, I'm praying a prayer that for me and for our body of believers here, that we would be outward focused this year like never before. It doesn't mean that what's happening here isn't important. It doesn't mean we throw out discipleship stuff. But it means we are outward focused, that our, our heart is for the lost, is for people to come to know you. So, Father, would you right now just impart, Holy Spirit, eyes to see, fresh eyes I pray over you church fresh eyes this week fresh eyes in your workplace fresh eyes in every part of your life that you will see things differently fresh eyes to see opportunities father I pray too give me a heart of unity thank you father that we don't all have to be the same but we still can be all one So right now, I just pray, Holy Spirit, impart that that, that sense of unity. Protect our unity. Guard our unity. Lord, that it would be good and pleasant that we dwell together in unity and the blessing would be commanded because it's there. That you would bless us. That it would run down this church and this community because we are about one thing and one thing alone. Jesus Christ. Your name, Lord. Impart that heart, Lord. And finally, Lord, would you give us willing hands and strength by the power of the Holy Spirit to reach out and to touch cripples around us that that need you, Lord. That our eyes would be more on them than us. Impart that into us, Father, and help us to be obedient in that. Lord, we give you all the glory. And as I finish off praying now, if there's anybody here that needs prayer this morning, there's going to be a final song and Jess will close out. But as I said before, there's going to be leaders down the front and I'll be over this side here. Feel free to come and pray. If you need anything at all, come and receive prayer. And God bless you.